Okay, thank you guys for coming back to listen to another episode. I'm so excited for our guest today. Um, we're talking to Hillary Seegers. Seegers? How do you say it? Yeah, Seegers. <laughs> okay, got it. Seegers. Um, you are an author, you're a business owner, and we are going to be talking about some interesting stuff. But before we get into it, can you quickly describe what do you do for work? What do you do for fun? Sure. Yes. I've actually never been described that way, but okay, God. Anyway, sure, yes. um, we, I'm married. Let's start there. I'm married to Bobby. Bobby Seegers, we've been married for four years now, as of April. Congrats. In my life. Um, yes, I'm a born again believer. I'm a Christian. I will scream into the rooftops. I could not get through my little short 27 years of life without Jesus. So I have to say that as well. Um, job. Let's see my whole resume. You see, if you look at my resume, it says kids, 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 kids. I've always worked with kids, but I actually went to school to become a forensic scientist. So just go ahead and throw that all in the bag. I don't, I don't get it either, but <laughs> that's my life. So yeah, right now I'm working with kids. I work for our um, Assemblies of God district at our network office, and I'm the administrator for the Potomac Kids Ministry. So that's what I do for fun. I used to work part-time giving voice lessons. I used to work part-time giving violin lessons. So I'm always doing something. I'm always trying to keep busy. So yeah. yeah, very multi-talented. <laughs> okay, so we are here to talk about what I believe was your inspiration for starting your company, Bold Resilience, and the topic of your book that'll be coming out soon. And we'll get into all of that, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, you are um, a mother. And you have had three miscarriages. And I would appreciate if you could share um, your past history with pregnancies and miscarriages. Yes, of course. So I, I appreciate you so much and how you kind of describe me as a mother, because that's definitely been something, a thought and an experience that I struggle with. Um, but yes, so I got married in 2017. And by... 2020 we've my husband and I've had three miscarriages and so when we first got married like he was not interested in having kids he was like not right now whatever <laughs> so um we weren't necessarily trying at first but when he did get to that point where he wanted to start having children we kind of noticed right away that it was not as easy um to conceive as we thought it would or should be um so we kind of went through that for about a year, I would say, a year and a half, maybe. And then I remember it was like the Christmas of 2018 was finally when we were just like, you know, obviously this is not something that we can kind of, it's not, it's out of our control. And so I remember praying on Christmas morning of 2018, you know, God, it's in your hands. You know our desires, it's in your hands. And so by April of that next year, we found out we were pregnant. It was, we were so excited. At the time we were living in Georgia. So all our family was like here in the DMV area for the most part. 
So we're confused, like two chickens with their head cut off. Like, no, we don't know what to do next. Like it was, it was funny and crazy and all those things. Um, but we were excited and we, we, we are intentional, but just about thanking God for giving us this, the desires of our heart. Um, but by, I won't say, but, but by May, I think it was May 6th, if I remember correctly, um, that's, that was our first appointment. And we found out that day that our baby didn't have a heartbeat. And so I I feel like it was 20 years ago, but (laughs) like just thinking back on that day, I just remember feeling like in that initial moment, like so defeated, kind of embarrassed. You know, we had announced on our anniversary, which is April 22nd, that we were pregnant. And so now I'm like, how, like, I got to go and tell all these people now we're not again. Like, I was so confused and just so offended. Um, I don't know if you want me to, like, get into the details of each one or kind of just give general, general idea of. Yeah, just- as as deep as you're comfortable going, I don't want to push you to share or go to a place that you don't want to. Um, but as much as you would love to share, I would love to hear it. Okay. I'm a, I have no filter still. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we found out we had our miscarriage. It was, it was crazy. Um, our family was not here. I remember calling my mom. I was a basket case. Um, and she, she just encouraged the both of us, you know, be each other's strength when the other one is weak. And I would have never imagined how back and forth this experience would be for us. Um, but I think about her saying that all the time because it's one of the things that has like kept us through these miscarriages. One, you know, I'm having a bad day or I'm having a bad week and he's there for me and vice versa. I pray, honey, I pray. <laughs> so um, yeah, with my first miscarriage, I went through a season of just, as you can imagine, like doubt, just a whole bunch of questions that I You don't just ask in your mind, but you want answers to, you know, whether they're answers from God or answers from myself. And so a a lot of my journey with my first miscarriage was understanding what faith was by discovering what it most definitely was not. And so when you when you when you have a miscarriage, you can you have options. You can take a pill. You can have a surgery. It's called DNC. You can just let your allow your body to do what it's created to do in that circumstance. And so I chose um, C or the, the last one. And it took four months for my baby to pass. And so you can only imagine like the more people would, the longer it took and the more people would find out about it. It's just like, girl, what you doing? Like, you know, and so just having to deal with that while truly believing that I was just on this God journey and I wasn't going to get in the way. It was really hard. It really was. And I just remember like from, from May to August, we had, we went to like eight to 10 appointments, like every week, every two weeks, we're going back to the doctors. And he would ask me every time, are, are you ready? You know, you, you, you considering, you know, choice A or choice B. And I don't know. I just never felt moved or compelled to do anything. And our prayer from the beginning, I say our, but my prayer from the beginning was, you know, God, you know, heal our baby or allow my body to do what it was created to do in that circumstance. So I, I'm grateful for those four months because I believe that's what burst like bold resilience. I believe that's truly what helped me overcome the next two. 
um, just because I had to ask those tough questions to God, to myself, regarding just my faith and in my life. And so my first baby, Angel, that's her name. My sister named her. I say her. We really don't know the sex of the baby, but I could ramble about all the dreams I've had and all the times I felt like I've heard their voice and just... So she's a heart of me, Angel. And so that that was a crazy experience for us. Um, August, I had the miscarriage. We moved back home in September. And so it was a quick transition in the middle of just some crazy grief. Um, by Christmas, well, by December, I was pregnant again. And we told everyone Christmas morning. And by Christmas dinner, I was in the bathroom having my second miscarriage. And so I remember, you know, I was starting not to feel well and I went to the bathroom, discovered blood. And I'm just like, God, really? Like, really? I'm pretty sure my first word was like, dang, or something like that. I was just, it kind of just knocks all the wind out of you, you know? And what was crazy was like, I didn't call for my husband. I didn't call for my mom. Like we're at my sister's house. I didn't really call for anyone. I, I literally stared at myself in the mirror and I was just like one I'm not going to ruin Christmas everyone's so excited and I feel like it was our fault like we were guilty for for the joy and I didn't want to kind of mess with that especially on Christmas day so I was just like get through the day Hillary and so while I'm trying to enjoy Christmas and you know focus on just the day and my family I'm simultaneously like pleading for my child's life. And it was one of, I do not recommend that. (laughs) It was one of the most stressful days of my life. Um, But by the end of the night, I couldn't, you know, I literally, I legitimately physically could not keep it to myself anymore. And so that was miscarriage number two. That baby's name is Jordan. Um, I kind of consider like, the Israelites and being in that desert place. And then the Lord just promising them, you know, one day you're going to cross over to the promised land, you know? And so I believe like my transition back home and then having the second miscarriage, I wanted to name the baby something that would just encourage me to keep going. Cause I don't know. It's one thing to go through a lot of different things, of different trials, but it's a whole nother just world and concept to go through the same thing over and over and over again, you know? And so when it happened the second time, I'm just like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? I don't like this. Um, but I, I, I was just like, okay, you know, I remember what everything that I learned with my first miscarriage and I kind of just used that to get to the second one, honestly. Um, and then COVID, came every COVID, 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 COVID came. And, you know, I guess I've never considered it, but I guess our third baby was a COVID baby, you know, everybody's home, stay home, stay six feet apart, do your part, whatever. We were pregnant by August and by September I had my third miscarriage. And so at that point I'm starting to notice, you know, what is it like trends, I guess. I don't think that's the word, but that's the one I'm going to use of, you know, this is my third miscarriage. My, they never make it past 10 weeks. You know, I'm just starting to notice things that are happening. And so I remember with this third miscarriage, I started getting like really technical, really like, you know, scientific. And the other side to that was really emotional. I feel like my first two miscarriages, it's all about, 
you know, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to fight. I'm going to be resilient. I'm going to, I'm going to make it through because God is with me and, you know, nothing is impossible when he's involved. But this third one really jacked me up <laughs> and it, it just, it just took a toll on me mentally and emotionally. And this baby's name is Christian or Christian Noel. And it took me a minute to name this baby. And I do believe it was just because, I, I don't know, in my opinion, that was the hardest one for me. It, it was the quickest. And I, for that, for that miscarriage, at this point, I'm over it. I'm like, give me the DNC, give me the surgery. I just want it to be over with. And that's really not how it happened. And so I feel like God has just been taking me on these long to what, you know, to us may seem unnecessary journey. And where, you know, you think of a miscarriage as, oh, somebody lost a baby and then they moved on with their life. That has not been my case. And so I don't know. Yes, I've had three miscarriages. Yes, I've lost three babies. But God and, and my husband and my family and my community, like I've just I've been given so much and it's never going to take the place of them. But it is definitely it's definitely what has kept me and and has made me who I am today. I'm a totally different person than I was just two, three years ago. And hopefully for the most part, that's a good thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're just still believing that we'll have children one day. It's if nothing else, it's opened my eyes to all those little babies and children out there that don't have families and that need parents, you know, so God's funny, but we're still on this journey and we're still kicking. So <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It is amazing that you're even able to smile while telling that story. You, I mean, even just when we got in the call before we started recording, you have such a like light, positive energy and people go through far less difficult things and can't maintain that. That's such a strength. Um, and there are so many people who are uh, dealing with the same thing that aren't comfortable sharing, but need somebody to talk to and need to know that they're not alone. And so your ability to share is so commendable, so incredible. Um, and I really, really admire that. Wow. Um, huh, huh. Uh, do you? <laughs> sorry. Um, I want to know if like medically, do you know why do you know if you have PCOS or endometriosis? I have neither of those. Um, with my, we've I've discovered something. So apparently, I have some like. It sounds weird and crazy, but I promise y'all, it's nothing. Apparently, I have like this <laughs> genetic mutation. That's what the doctor told me, and of course, I freaked out when she first told me that. But honestly, I have something called Factor Two which puts me at high risk for certain things. So it could mean so many different things. High risk for blood clots, high risk for miscarriages. You know, you might get headaches all the time. So it's, it just, it seems so random and like not the real reason why I'm having miscarriages. Um, that's the only thing they, my doctors have really been able to discover. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the doctors and they're like, you know what, sis, you're just a case of bad luck. And I'm like, <laughs> Thank you for making me spend $80 for you to tell me what I already do. So <laughs> I don't have a definite, you know, this is the reason why it keeps happening. I do believe that 
it sounds kind of crazy and morbid, but I went through what I went through for a reason. And it's, it's made me so much better. And I believe this is more of just like a spiritual journey than anything. And so I'm recently, I'm just learning how to enjoy the now, enjoy my husband, enjoy my family, enjoy my life. And, you know, when it's least expected, God is going to show up and he's going to redeem everything that I've lost. So no, I don't have endometriosis. I don't have, I don't got nothing. But (laughs) My doctors are really trying hard to um, make the next one work. So we shall see. Yeah, well, I mean, it's good that you don't have those. I recently did an episode about PCOS because I got diagnosed with it a few months ago and I just got another um, ultrasound today. I'm not pregnant, but like to check on cysts. And I found out I also have endometriosis. So the idea, I'm not trying, I mean, I'm not even married, (laughs) but I will be married next year. And the idea of infertility, yeah, the idea of infertility and things like that does scare me, even though I still think of it as something kind of in the more distant future. Um, So I was just curious. But I do want to know about the healing process, which I would assume is still going on, because the most recent one was only a year ago, less than a year ago. Um, did you go to therapy or support groups? What was the process like of healing after the miscarriages? Did all the things. I do all the things. Um, it's weird. With When I had my first miscarriage, I completely shut down. And my friends and siblings still judge me to this day. But when it happened, the only person I called was my mom. And I remember texting like those important people. And it was, it said something like, you know, just had a miscarriage. Don't text or call, just pray for me. And I kind of just ghosted everyone, you know? And so it's, it's weird. I don't think I've ever been asked that question in that way to see how I dealt with the first one and how I'm, you know, by now dealing with this third one, because at first I really wasn't doing anything. I prayed and I cried and, you know, my husband and I had to work through, you know, just, just that natural grief, but I, I did not intentionally have a desire or, or, or take the steps to really do anything. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I assumed time would heal it <laughs> four months later when that was not the case. Um, by that time, you know, I'd started opening up to some friends, my sister, I have 10 sisters. I don't know if the world knows that um, listening, but yeah. So you would think that at 10 sisters, you have at least one or two or three that you can kind of confide in. And so I'm grateful that for the most part, I can call on any of my sisters and they're there and, and, and God uses them to help me in this very specific way. So that was kind of the first door that I kind of walked through, just allowing my, my sisters and my friends to be there for me. Uh, my mother-in-law said this recently. She said, it's so easy sometimes to love people, but it's not that easy sometimes to be loved. And especially when you're going through hard things. And I struggled with that immensely with my first miscarriage. So by the second one, I had moved back home and I felt like that's all I needed. I'm back home. I'm back where with my family. I'm good. Nope. <laughs> so by the third one, especially when it became super, super emotional and all, everything was catching up with me. Um, 
I had some friends that were like inviting me to these support groups on Facebook. So I was in a secular one or I don't want to say like worldly, but a non-Christian one, we'll say that and a Christian one. And you can just, you could just tell the difference. Um, Just, you know, the common denominator was these moms are hurting so bad and, and they, and they, and they're left feeling so empty and just so broken. And so just imagine going through that and having no hope, you know? And so I kind of, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I left the non-Christian group just because while I was going through my grief, I couldn't handle just, I guess I couldn't handle their, their, their type of brokenness. Just you feel like this devastating thing has happened and there's no hope. You know, it kind of, it was making me feel bad and worse. And I didn't want to kind of get to that place of just extreme bitterness and, you know, my life is going to suck for the rest of my life. And so I kind of, I didn't like remove myself, but I just paid more attention to the other, the other group. And it's just all these women who are just as broken, just as jacked up as me. And we're all just there together because we get it. And we know how to encourage each other. We can, we can come and say, you know what? My cousin really got on my nerves today because she sent me a picture of her pregnant belly and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the girls aren't going to be on there like, oh, you're so bitter or, you know, they get it. And and we're able to encourage each other, uplift each other. And so that was beautiful. Um, I I wasn't expecting that at all, that we can, we're, we're allowed to share literally anything about our journey And these ladies are just so encouraging and it's not, you know, cliches. It's not, you know, I'm going to just throw scripture with no content or anything like that. It's like super intentional people just wanting to heal together. And so that's, I think that's what led me to counseling. Believe it or not, I am extremely introverted. I don't know if you can sense that. (laughs) I would not have guessed that. No. I tell people that all the time and they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I, I used to say or think that I was introverted. And so to even consider coming, stepping into this place of vulnerability and seeking help over my head, I would have never imagined in a million years that I would ever get counseling. It is one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Um, I think what held me back was I knew that if I was going to go into counseling, I would want my counselor to be someone that I can trust that I, that, um, I would just, basically I would have to do a lot of research and I didn't feel like doing it. That's the honest truth. And so it took me a minute to get there, but I, I noticed the need. Um, and I did what I had to do to find who I feel is the perfect fit for me. And so, um, I think with therapy, I kind of, assumed that it was going to be me laying on a couch, sobbing my eyes out and somebody sitting at a desk in a big chair telling me how to live my life. And that is honestly, couldn't be further from the truth. Um, So obviously I don't know how every, you know, everyone's counselors, counseling sessions are not going to be the same, but my experience has been so life-changing and my counselor, my therapist, she challenges me to just, consider why I think the way that I think, why I feel the way that I feel, why I do certain things. And it just, the perspective that she gives on just some of the things that I've been through, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's just, it's what I need. And so, yes, I've done all the things 
And they've all, God has used all of them to, to make me better, to help me get through my grief. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate for people who are hurting, whether like me or not, because I just don't want people to get stuck like I almost did. And because, you know, God used his word, he used people, he used resources to help me overcome, like, I feel like that's my calling now to just help people get it that you don't have to get stuck. Like you can, you can, you can make it through. And so, yeah, I've, I've done all the things and I'm so grateful for, you know, different types of resources because they're there for a reason. Yeah, that's incredible. And I'm glad that they were all useful in some way. I was thinking about this interview and I was like, geez, what would, how would my what would my response be? Because I'm sure a lot of people, um, especially maybe in the non-Christian group, were spiraling. Like that could spiral somebody into an addiction, into really unhealthy coping mechanisms. And I think it's yeah. great that you, <laughs> you didn't fall into that. Um, and I'm glad you found effective, healthy ways to handle everything. Um, I want to move to your relationship with God and your faith, obviously, from your shirt and from your just, I feel like your whole being, you can tell <laughs> that you have um, a really strong relationship with God. And I'm curious about if any of the miscarriages or all of them challenged your faith and how you kept your relationship uh, with God so strong the whole time. 100% challenged. I could scream that to the rooftop. Um, I think it's cool that when I consider my miscarriages, there was something that I learned and, and it was completely different for each one. And so the first, with my first miscarriage, I was talking about a lot about how I had to ask some tough questions and the questions didn't end after my first one. I always had questions, but it's one thing to kind of just, you know, you have those in, these internal thoughts. And I feel like most people really never take the time to answer them or to understand maybe why even you're, why you're even asking them. And, you know, I can sit here and say, me, 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 I did this. I did that. I did. I honestly feel like it was, I know that it was all God. And he just, <laughs> I feel like he ran out of grace, just how much he had to extend even to me um, to be able to just embrace healing. I, like I said, like I felt every miscarriage, I felt so offended and just so ashamed. Like, why, you know, if it was going to happen this way, why even allow me to get pregnant? You know, so questions were endless, but I appreciate them because I believe it's what caused me to draw closer to God because no question that I asked made me you know, doubt the goodness of God one. And it, and it only made me appreciate God more. And I, I wasn't asking questions necessarily to draw closer to him. I don't know how good or bad that sounds. They were just questions that I had and I knew I needed to answer. And even in my selfishness, sometimes God still just showed me how beautiful he is. And when I was in Georgia, uh, my pastor, he actually passed away unexpectedly. His wife, when he, when he passed, I remember his wife got up that next Sunday and said, you know, God is not scared of your questions. He's, he's not afraid of you, you know? And so I don't know. I just, I heard her say that and 
I think that was after my first or second miscarriage. And it just helped me like be, be more honest and real with God. And I'm, I, I don't know. I just, I get really stuck in my head. I, I feel like I struggle to communicate well. And so I, I, I started just like legitimately talking to God. And especially like when I'm like recovering from my miscarriages, it's just me and my dog at home. And sometimes he's looking at me like, who are you talking to? I'm sure that's what he's thinking. Um, but just having conversations with God, which, which really is just prayer, you know, having conversations with God and, you know, sometimes we pray, we say all these things and it might not always be asking him for favors, but then we just get up and walk away. And so I learned how to, and I'm learning how to just stop and listen. And, you know, God, he's not going to crack the sky and say, Hey, it's my turn to talk. You know, we, we have to just tarry. We have to read his word to really hear his heart. And so I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm a baby Christian because I'm just now learning how to do that and how understanding how important that is. And just today, like, I'm so, you know, I want to, I want to do this for this mom and I want to help this mom because I know how they're feeling. And God challenged me like, and convicted me even today, like, don't make it so much about the things and the works that you forget me, forget to spend time with me. And so I don't know, like my model now is like, don't underestimate spending time with God and just being in his presence, because I believe that is what, that's where I get my healing from, you know, the counseling, the, the, the support groups, those are resources to kind of influence my thinking, but my healing comes from just being in God's presence and just spending time with him. And in the moments, like I said, of like being offended to even want his grace or anything like that, I believe that it was the community and the people around me praying for me and interceding for me that helped me in those moments. And so I, I feel like at 27 years old, I'm, I'm just now realizing what it means um, like for people to say, like, I'm in your corner or I'm waiting. What is it? Uh, oh, I just had a brain fart. But basically, they're, they're, they're stepping in for me while I'm down, you know? And so it's like, oh, dang, like, I really get it now because sometimes I'm asking myself and I'm asking God, like, how did I get here, you know? How did, how, how did I make it out okay when, if you were a fly on the wall, most of the time you'd see me in here just like so broken, you know? And so I, I, God is just amazing. And even when I felt like I couldn't, like I, I, I ran out of tears, or I ran out of things to ask for, I ran out of ways to pray. I don't know, God is just so beautiful and perfect. And he's just teaching me how limitless he is and therefore how limitless our relationship is. And so the scriptures that I've been, you know, reading and learning since I was a little girl, they mean something totally different to me now. And it's such a beautiful thing. And so God is just showing me how I think about the proverb that says, you know, we, we make our plans, but the Lord orders our steps. You know, I've always worked with kids. I, I want to be a forensic scientist, but now God has me in this place where I feel called to just help people. And I would have never imagined that this is where I'd be at 27 years old. And so, I don't know, I'm just learning, I'm, I'm learning true surrender. As I spend time with God, it's like, God, I don't care. I don't care what my resume says. I don't care what job you give me. 
you know, I care what I'd be doing and I do it well, but like, I don't care. Just, I just want to serve you. And I just want to do your will. And that, that only came from just spending time with him and I don't know him working on me. So. Wow. Can I just say you're doing great. Like your answers are great. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Um, how was, I'm curious if you know, I don't know if you want to speak for him or not, but how your husband responded to all of this and how your marriage um, is on the other side of these miscarriages. Yes. So he is incredible, almost to a fault, because when people ask him that question, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I really don't know because he's always focused on me. And I remember with the first miscarriage, um, you know, bless this little technician's heart. She came in, she was like, yeah, so not really here in a heartbeat. So like, what do you want to do? Here are your options. What do you want to do? You know, it was just like kind of that quick. Young girl, just, I don't know if she still has her job today, but you know, that's just kind of how it went. And I remember he just got up out of his seat. He's just as shocked as I am, but like, it wasn't about him. He, he, he immediately embraced me. He, he, he immediately just began speaking affirmations and prayers and God's word over me. You know, we, we got home and he's like, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. And I'm, this is, I'm going to do all these things. Um, because that's, that's just what I feel like I'm supposed to do in this, in this situation. And so he's just always been very proactive about his wife and just making sure that she's okay. Why am I speaking to third person? Me, making sure I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's, that's, that's typically how it is for the most part, but he does have his moments and I've kind of been on this whole bandwagon now. I'm just like, let's, let's normalize checking on our men. Um, he's super, super just, he, he's very strong, <laughs> you know, very mass. He's a man, he's a man, he's a, he's a, he's a man. <laughs> and so it, it takes a lot for him to, for his posture to change. But I have seen and we've experienced those moments where um, I remember one night, it's like three o'clock in the morning and I walk in the bathroom once I realize he's not in the bed and he's just sitting there and he's staring. And it's like almost like he's staring through me. And I felt like he was just in a moment of, of, of his breaking point. And this was probably after our third miscarriage. So it took three tragedies for him to get to that breaking point. But and that, that night I, I saw and I learned that, you know, it's not just, it wasn't all about me. You know, he, he has a breaking point too. He has emotions too. You know, these are his children too. And so I know that was the night where, you know, I realized like, I can't always make it about me or I can't always make it about women. And yeah, he, he, he's, he's the total opposite of me in most ways. Um, and he internalizes a lot. That's actually where we're similar, but I'll probably break before he does. And so, I don't know. I just, I can tell when his mind is racing. And in those moments, we just, like my mom said, I try to be his strength in the moments where he's weak. For the most part, he does not show me that. So I have to be, I kind of got to get creative sometimes because it's like, no, I'm okay. No, I'm good. No, how are you, babe? How are you? And I'm like, bruh. (laughs) Probably right now. So I don't know. He's amazing. He he is the perfect example of 
just how to respond to hard things. It, it, and it's the same every single time. His, his posture is, God, this is too big for me. I need your help. And even when, with, you remember our first miscarriage, four months. And so we're praying, we're praying, praying. And to him, he felt like he got his no. The, the, you know, three days later when we went back to the doctors and there was still no heartbeat. It's like, okay, God, that, that's you saying no to me. Still going to serve you. Still going to love you. Still going to trust you. And I don't know. That's just how he's always been. And I feel like if it, if it wasn't for who he is as a person, our marriage would be way worse off. He's so patient. He's so forgiving. And so even once his patience has run thin, courtesy of me, you know, and he does, things do affect him. He just, he just, he forgives so easily. And I don't know, I, I guess God knew I needed that because, you know, he brought Bobby to me and he's my husband. And I don't know that a lot of men could deal with me. <laughs> like he, like he has to, and, and God knew that. And it just, you know, just being married to him, it just reminds me of just how perfect and, and how detail oriented God is. And, you know, we got married four years ago, you know, life is going to be great. Oh my God, we're so in love. And then boom, tragedy, boom, tragedy, boom, boom, boom. And I can truly say that, you know, Yes, we want our children, but I wouldn't change it for the world because it has challenged me. He, his awesomeness, his perfectness has challenged me to just want to be a better wife, be a better person. And it's because when we get home and these doors get closed and, and nobody sees us and hears us, he's the same. He's the same person. And I don't know, he just he challenges me in a good way to just want to be better and just be who I am, regardless of people are watching or not and so we haven't done a lot of marriage counseling and we're both very sensitive I'm actually not allowed to use that word in this house we're both very sensitive so it does cause you know passionate discussions um but like I like I said like because of of his patience we're always able to work through them and I feel like a lot of times it's because he He's like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to swallow my pride. I'm going to do whatever to just, like, make it work. And I couldn't ask for a better husband. He's he's pretty awesome. I'm blessed. Yeah, that's amazing. That's the best, I feel like, um, being with someone who just makes you want to be better and match their level of amazing. So I'm glad that you're with somebody who is uh, so good to you because you seem like such a wonderful woman. So <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> crazy. <laughs> uh, what inspired you to start Bold Resilience? Um, well, yeah, I, I think I've kind of already said it. I talk like as talking to you, like I and to anyone, I speak from this place of victory, and so it, I think sometimes that makes people think that I didn't go through a really hard time, you know, but there was a point where I I felt so stuck and I just thought that was it. You know, this is as good as it's going to get, or, you know, it's never going to get better. I was just stuck in my grief. And there was one particular night I was just done. And I, 
this this was probably when I had COVID the second time. Lord Jesus, my life. Anyways, this is probably when I had COVID the second time where I had been already thinking about bowl resilience and it even started like trying to make it legitimate. But I had a moment where I was just tired in my body to the point where like, I was just like mentally exhausted, emotionally exhausted. Like I just didn't care anymore. And I just, I knew that that was a very dangerous place to be. I just fell out on the floor in the bathroom. So dramatic. I'm very dramatic. I just fell on the floor. I'm just like, God, like literally have mercy on me. Like I need you. If, if you're real, if you're up there, if you're staring at me right now, acting like a fool, like I need you to just show up and just be who you say you are in this moment. And I wish I could say it was a, God said, okay, boom, and just showered me with just all this greatness. It really wasn't. But when I tell you, like his presence was with me and in a peace just kind of came over me. It's like, first of all, get up out the floor and get yourself together. You're going to be okay. But just. I could feel, feel God. And I don't know. I, I, I was just like, wow. Oh, okay. I mean, I had my moment and I, I guess it was necessary to have it, but that kind of marked my, my moment of, I'm just going to move forward. And, and, and God proved to me that he's here and he's with me. And so I'm going to trust him and I'm going to move forward. And every day that I chose to do that, God has just been, he's really truly been, you know, showing out showing off. And so that I just, like I said, I feel called to just help people to not get stuck. Like, please, 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 like, don't get stuck, you know, because like me, if we can get through our hard thing, if we can break through our breaking point, then that is an opportunity for us to go find someone else to help them through theirs. And that's kind of my desire with bold resilience, not you know, oh, she's this girl who she overcame so much. She's so great. No, I'm not. You know, God is great. God is good. And I just want to share God with people in their worst state so that they can experience him, the real him. I feel like if we experience God when we're good, I mean, it's cute. It's great. But what about when life is not so good, you know? And so to be able to meet people in some of the most vulnerable times in their life, I say people, but mainly women, of course, and mothers, you know, how powerful will it be to offer them this gift of Christ for them to experience it, for their lives to be transformed and it be so just contagious that it spreads. And so that's my desire with bold resilience. It, it came from a place of brokenness and pain. And I just, I just want people to know that, you know, it's going to be okay. It really it really, really is. You just said an amazing thing because I've definitely been in a funk probably mm -hmm. since, well, maybe since COVID started, but also getting diagnosed with PCOS and then Sjogren's syndrome, which is an autoimmune disease, and then endometriosis today. And can I share a story? I know I don't talk that much during these, but um, my mom, she almost miscarried with me. She was supposed to, like the doctors told her, you're, she was also older. She was like 35 when she had me. She was having pain and bleeding and they were like, go home. You're going to have a miscarriage and just, you know, deal with it. You're on bed rest for the next week. And she said at like the height of the pain and it hurting so much 
that God just spoke to her. My dad's not in my life. And he was, I think that was a point of stress for my mom a lot during the pregnancy. And he was like, you're going to be fine. Um, you're going to have everything you need to take care of this child. You're going to have the baby carried to full term and it'll be okay. And right after that, the pain went away. She carried me to full term. I was born two weeks late <laughs> and everything Ow. was fine. Yeah. And so, something you said just reminded me like, I'm supposed to be here and I've been, I'm 25. And so like going through these feelings of not wanting to go for my dreams all the way, cause I'm a little bit scared. And the not being stuck part was just a good reminder, like incredible things happen for me to be here. And that's the least I can do is go for what I was called to do. Literally. So, yeah. Thank you. That was so good. Thank you. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Oh, I know. So good. Um, I want to talk about your book, The Power of Weakness. I want to know uh, what was the process like of writing it and what is the book about? Um, I do not consider myself an author. I guess I am, but whatever. You, because are. How, <laughs> you are. Because of how this book came about. And so, like I said, um, with my first miscarriage, I like, I shut everybody out and I kind of did it intentionally one because I'm introverted, believe it or not. And two, because I truly just wanted to hear God for myself as far as what decision I needed to make, um, to end the pregnancy. Um, and so I just did a lot of writing. Um, and so I had this journal, my friend gave me a journal and I was just writing every day. Cause I was having like these crazy dreams or just these crazy experiences and encounters with people and obviously, because I was going through a tough time, I kind of just correlated it to that. And so I had I, I filled out a whole journal, something I've never done. And then I wasn't sleeping well at night. I would literally not sleep at all at night. And I would just pick up my phone and just write in, my, in the little note app, whatever it's called, in my phone. And so one day I kind of brought it all together and like put it in chronological order and try to make sense of it. And I gave it to my husband as a gift on our anniversary or his birthday or something, because I feel like a lot of times he's trying to truly understand how I'm feeling or what I'm going through because I suck at communicating. And so I showed it to him. He reads it. and He's like, babe, you have to we have to share this. Like, you know, you're going to you're going to finish it. Like he's telling me what to do. He's like, you're going to finish this. We're going to get it published. And yeah, like, come on, let's go. And he was very moved. And at first I'm like, well, I mean, of course you're moved. Like, this is our story. Like, this is our life. Nobody's going to care. Um, but here we are. Um, what was that, like a year or two ago? And so I literally, it was just a whole bunch of notes, a whole bunch of uh, journal that I just kind of made sense of and kind of put in order. Um, of course, one, because it wasn't something that I was necessarily passionate about or felt called to do. I didn't, I was already like starting to doubt myself. Like I'm not an author or I don't know how to raise money for this and I'm broke. So I definitely can't pay for this. You know, like, how am I going to do this? I know nothing about nothing about everything when it comes to publishing a book. And so my best friend 
um, connected me with someone who was a self-publisher and she literally took me step-by-step through the process of self-publishing all the way up to finding who um, or discovering who I would choose to actually publish. And it was just all, it was just a whole God deposit and God thing, just the people that God brought to me to help this come to life. And so the publisher, Woot Woot, I had never met him personally, but he's a friend of um, my husband's family and like our church. And it wasn't until I needed a publisher that I actually like truly met him. And like, he's just been super awesome and perfect. So God is amazing. I'm so happy that um, while I've had these miscarriages, it has caused me to meet so many women. And like, I'm super shy. I think that's kind of why I talk too much because I try to, I don't know, I'm just really shy. So to just, to think that now I'm living this life where like I want to meet people who are hurting and like establish relationships with them so like we can help each other out like it's just been so beautiful how many women God have brought to my life and there were actually people who I've known all my life that I never knew had miscarriage had a miscarriage or had miscarriages and so it's just been beautiful to see how something so just ugly has really been an ugly beautiful journey I don't know what I'm saying but it just brought me to this point of I'm actually excited to share uh, my story because I already see how God is working and helping this testimony you know encourage other women and that's all I care about like I don't I'm not trying to get rich I don't want to be Oprah or Priscilla or I don't I'm not you know power to them they're they're necessary or what God has called them to do, but I just, I just want to help people. And I'm, I'm learning how to just be confident in my calling, confident in what God allowed me to go through so that, you know, he, I say, I like to help people, but it's really just him helping people get to a place of wholeness. And so the book is literally what we're doing now. It's just me talking about some of the specific things that I went through my miscarriage, miscarriages. the very different things that I learned in each one and then how I overcame. They see it. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you want people to get from the book? What do you want them to walk away and learn or realize? Um, The main thing probably comes from the title power of weakness. And that title came from a scripture, second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine and what's well, a couple verses, but basically it's Paul talking and he's going through our time and he's like, Lord, I pleaded, you know, three times. What a coincidence. <laughs> I pleaded three times for you to take it away. But I realized like your grace is sufficient. You know, when I'm weak, you're strong. And so therefore I boast in my weakness. I'm looking for a reason to be weak so that I can be made strong in you. And so that's where um, the title comes from. And that's kind of the message that I just want people to really receive, like be broken, be jacked up, be, be mad, be bitter, be all the, you know, quote unquote, bad things or negative things. Because when you release that to God, he's able to come and match your weakness with his power. And honestly, his power is Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit. And if you're if you're selfless enough to receive that perfect, awesome gift, it is life 
changing it, 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 it'll literally transform your life. And so I don't want people to think that bold resilience is like this loud, just audacious, you know, type vibe thing. No, I, I, I read a quote somewhere where it said, boldness doesn't have to be loud, you know, just be confident that in your weakness or confident in what you are and allow God to come in and, you know, make something great out of it. Um, my, my journey was the only thing that makes it about me is the fact that it was my journey. But other than that, it's, it was never about me. It's about just being able to show people like me that, you know, anything is quote unquote overcomable. I'm pretty sure that's not a word, but basically you can overcome anything when God is involved. And that's, that's what I want people to, to see, to feel, to experience, not just to read, but to experience. And so I hope, my hope is that when people are reading their, yes, practical and spiritual takeaways, but they're left saying, Hey, I can, I can do this. You know, Hey, I, I can overcome, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Me too. You know, that's, that's what I hope. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of glad at least while I was writing the book that the book doesn't end with now I have children because, um, something that God spoke to me recently was that, you know, victory isn't always tangible. And so in those moments where, you know, you're having a miscarriage and you want a kid, but you don't have a kid. That doesn't mean that you don't have victory. You know, if your loved one is sick and they, and they don't, you know, they're not healed on this side of heaven, that doesn't mean you didn't receive a victory. And so God is showing me that victory is in, you know, healing victory is in wholeness. And to me, wholeness is not like a thing. It's not a trophy. It's, it's a person and wholeness is God. And so if you have God, and you're content with whatever he allows, then you have victory. And so I'm, I'm glad that at least for right now, people can see that someone like me is okay, even though I don't have what I want, you know? And so I hope people kind of get that too. Yeah, that's great. I think those are all great things to um, communicate to people through your book. I'm so excited to read it. Whenever it's out, I will definitely be buying it and posting about it. I'm so excited. I think self-publishing a book is incredible. It's such a huge feat to write a book and then roll it out and get it out into the world without having a big machine behind you. And congratulations <laughs> for doing that. Um, can you, obviously, everybody should go by and read The Power of Weakness. Um, but can you also give us some other book recommendations? Yes. So the support group that I'm in on Facebook is, oh, did I bring it in here? No, it's from an actual like kind of mini self-help book, self-help book slash devotional. And it's called Loved Baby. Um, and so that was like a, like an intentional read for, you know, moms who, struggle with miscarriage but I, I was gifted with a book Joyce Meyer I believe and it's trusting God day by day so every day um she literally kind of takes on a random topic but it's not so random because it just it's it encourages and it shows you how to trust God so that's that's a book that I personally love trusting God day by day 
Um, let me see. The Bible. <laughs> it's always that. <laughs> um, there was one more. I should have wrote these down down now. Oh. Those are three. I think three is yeah, good. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Three is amazing. <laughs> Technically four, including your book. But um, last question. What is your dream for your life's work? Legacy. Legacy. Um, I do believe that my husband and I will have children, we'll have a family, you know, some adopted, some that we have ourselves. And so I want my children to be passionate about just sharing Jesus. And that's doing so whether life is good or whether it's not. And so we've been through enough where life hasn't always been so good. But my passion has not been dimmed to share the gospel of Jesus. And so I want my children and my family and people to just see that, you know, no matter what you go through, no matter, you know, what kind of trauma comes into your life and tries to just literally jack you up, it doesn't change who God is. And he's still the best thing out there. You know, we're all searching for the same thing, same fulfillment, same satisfaction. And it's Jesus. Some of us just don't know it. So just trying to, you know, you know, plant seeds, plant seeds while God comes in and just save souls. And, you know, I, I kind of laugh and say my children don't have a choice, you know, but obviously I want them to desire to just want to do what my husband and I are doing now. And that's just share Jesus wherever we go. So it ain't about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's an incredible dream. You're definitely already doing that. And I'm so excited for people to hear this. That was such a good conversation. You hey. gave such good answers. You're a very good talker, which I think is a skill. Um, oh. You have no <laughs> idea how difficult it is to do an interview and somebody can't talk <laughs> like that. <laughs> So I admire your ability to talk so much, especially about something that is so difficult. And I'm just so grateful. Can you share your social media handles with everyone? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> my name. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say boldresilience.com because all my stuff is on there. So bold-resilience.com. Okay. Perfect. Bold-resilience.com. Thank you so much, Hillary, for doing this. Everyone, please go follow Hillary, buy her book, just support her in any way that you can, buy a shirt, um, and I'll talk to y'all in a couple weeks. Bye. Yeah.